You've come to the right place. If you're a course creator looking to build more impact, income, and freedom, LMS Cast is the number one podcast for course creators just like you. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I'm the co-founder of the most powerful tool for building, selling, and protecting engaging online courses called Lifter LMS. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. I'm joined by a special guest, another podcaster. His name is Craig Hewitt from Castos. Welcome to the show, Craig. Hey, Chris. Thanks so much. It's really fun to meet with you. You're one of those people that has been on my radar for a couple of years. I've heard you on other people's podcasts. I listen to your podcast, Rogue Startups. And really the reason I wanted to bring you on the show is because of Castos, which can you describe what it is real quick? Yeah, so Castos is a podcast hosting platform. So for, for shows like this, you host your audio files and create your RSS feed somewhere, and that's kind of where your podcast lives. And Castos is one of those places. For the course building community and people building training-based membership sites, podcasting is just, in terms of like content marketing or inbound marketing, it is what I would recommend if I could just give everybody the gift of podcasting, which is why I'm happy <laughs> to bring you on and really kind of geek out about it a little bit. When I talk to people as a software company, and we do have some courses, but predominantly as a software company, when I ask them, how did you hear about us? The most popular answer is either I heard you on a podcast or I saw you on YouTube. That's the number one answer we hear like 80 to 90% of the time. And as an expert or a course creator, oftentimes, they get a little focused on building the content that's behind the paywall or in the course, but you know, they're, they have a hard time finding time to blog and do this content marketing thing, but podcasting doesn't have, you can get a lot of bang for your time. <laughs> and uh, that's why if I could give that gift to everybody, I would. And I want to talk to you about it and help people kind of understand the opportunity. Yeah. And I mean, you're getting like, relative to what a lot of people do, you're getting like double or triple the the bang for your buck with doing video. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we do some webinars, which we were talking about before we started recording. Uh, and we really like it because one of the, one of the powers of like doing a webinar with video, like native video is you can repurpose it so many ways. And so you're, yeah. you're doing the same thing here today. So we'll talk for an hour and you'll get a YouTube <laughs> video and a podcast episode and a blog post, you know, kind of thing and transcribe it maybe or whatever. And it's like, yeah, for an hour's worth of work and then you have somebody handle all the back-end production stuff, it's it's magic for productivity, yeah. Yeah, totally. And I'm I'm about 300 podcast episodes deep on this show, LMS Cast, which I think is about five years old almost now, or maybe it was four. Um, but from the very beginning, I decided to do video too because why not? You're already here. And even if most people listen on the podcast, I still look at the YouTube, I see the views. And this is a very niche podcast, like course creators, people building training based membership sites is not a huge audience. Like, I don't know, like beginner entrepreneurs like Gary V or something (laughs) like that. So even though some of our YouTube videos have low view counts, we're getting into something like super specialized for a specific audience. So it's not about the numbers. Do you have any thoughts on audience size and how to think about that? Yeah, I think it doesn't matter at all, right? Like if you're if you're if you're podcasting or creating content like YouTube channel, if you just have a YouTube channel for your specific niche, and I, like this applies to course creators a lot, because I, I can imagine I can only imagine the types of courses that people 
great on lifter, right? They can be, you know, left-handed violin playing courses or something, right? Like, and if you have 50 people listening to your podcast or watching your YouTube videos, that's massive, right? Because you're talking to a really specific niche. And we talk to like our business, like B2B customers about this a lot because they say like, oh, you know, I want to be Tim Ferriss and have 10 million downloads an episode or something. And we're like, dude, if you have a thousand downloads an episode, you have a thousand people that are listening to everything you say every week. Uh, and that is, that is really rare. Like you can't, you can't get that level of engagement with blogging. YouTube channels probably kind of in a different way, but at a similar kind of like engagement level. Um, yeah, I mean, podcasting is great for that. And, and I think that people, especially if they're just getting started, shouldn't worry about their numbers at all. But just like how, how specific you can get to your target, like your topic and your target audience. And just to sell you one more level, podcasting, I think I heard this from Clay Collins, was, is unique because it's portable content, which there's only so much types of media we can take away from a stationary desk or computer or whatever. But you can do the dishes with podcasts. You can go exercise. You can walk the dog. You can drive. And these are things that a lot of other media doesn't transfer to except for audiobooks and music. So podcasting yeah. really is a unique opportunity. Yeah. Um, for the for the people that are a little just kind of deer in headlights on the tech, and I remember this being really hard for me when I was getting started with podcast podcasting is, can you just describe like the pieces that come together to go from like uh, I'm gonna re let's say we we show up to set we use Zoom or something to re record the video or the the, the audio. What needs to happen to get it to our listeners' ears? Like, what are all the technology pieces that come together to make podcasting what it is? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, in a nutshell, and we have a, a, a huge blog post about this that maybe we could link to or something. But, um, and and this is like I think before we get started, this is a really important thing. Like, you shouldn't get in the weeds about this, right? If you're just getting started, like I'm sure four or five years ago when you got started your whole setup was totally different. The audio quality was terrible probably, right? Because you didn't know, but, but luckily, right, you got started and you learned and you iterated from there. And now you're 300 episodes in and you have this huge catalog of content. And so I think that's where we see a lot of people get stuck is they just don't get started because they, they look at the tech and understandably they say, oh, wow, like this is a huge mountain to climb. I'm just not going to do it. And that's a shame. So I think that like figure out what like the, the easiest path for you to get started is and, and take that and just get started and know that you can iterate from there to, to improve the audio quality and the content and all that kind of stuff later. But generally, like I think the first place to start is having a good microphone because if you record good audio, it makes the editing and the post-production process so much easier later on. Um, and so a microphone like the one I'm using, uh, the Audio Technica ATR 2100 is, uh, yeah, there you go, um, is like the workhorse of the kind of like amateur to like beginner level pro market. Um, 80 it's fantastic. bucks. Yep, 80, 80 bucks. I mean, with yeah. the boom arm and the pop filter, it's a hundred on Amazon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's great. It sounds really great. Um, so, so, so like get that, just go to Amazon and get it. Um, and you'll never have to think about your microphone again. I like the little earpiece thing or like, Tony you have, Robbins. I call it the Britney yeah. Spears microphone, but that's because yeah. I needed to be able to go to the board for some other stuff I do. Okay. No, no, yeah. it's great. Yeah. Because yeah. like when, when I give talks, it's always, that's the thing. That's the, <laughs> that's the rig at conferences. Um, 
Yeah, so a microphone, however you want to get that done. But the Audio-Technica mic is great. If you if you can't afford it or don't want to, just use like the Apple earbuds. Um, they actually are pretty good. Um, I've like selected the wrong mic a few times for my podcast, and uh, it like it sounds pretty good if you're in a good environment to to record. So so get a good mic, um, and then recording something like Zoom. If you're calling somebody across the country, Zoom is is pretty good. It has some free tiers, has you know paid tiers if you're going to talk for a long time or something like that. Um, and there's specialized tools just for podcast recording. Um, one is called Zencaster, and another kind of new one on the block is called Squadcast. It's the one that we use these days. Um, and they're both really good because they make local recordings of you and your guest, and it's not dependent on the internet connection like we have today. Would you know If the internet here goes kaputs, then the, the video and the audio will sound all garbled and stuff. And they record a really high-quality audio file. Um, and the, the, the kind of big thing you want to remember there, again, going into post-production considerations is to record multiple channels for your segment, well, for each episode. So like I would have my own channel and you would have your own channel so that when you go to edit them or when you send it off to get it edit, edited later, they can treat my channel and your channel differently in terms of volume levels and editing and equalizing and all that kind of stuff. Um, if it's just you recording, then using a tool like Audacity which is a free open source tool. You can record and you can edit on it and it works on Windows and Mac. So Audacity is kind of our go-to uh, recommendation for, for local recording and for editing. Um, and then once you have you know mixed in things like music and intro and outro, stuff like that, then you have to put it on a media hosting platform like Castos um, and that both hosts the audio files. It's kind of a content management system where you can create episodes and it creates the RSS feed which is like the thing really that places like iTunes or Apple podcast and Spotify and Stitcher all read to show information about like your show as a whole. So like the name of your show and the cover image and the description and your name as the host. And then every time you publish an episode, it populates into the RSS feed and then places like Apple podcast and Spotify read that and say, Oh, Chris has a new episode. Let's show, you know, episode 287. And then your, your audience gets that, you know, downloaded or streamed automatically. And that's the real power of podcasting is the distribution. So you're getting distribution by these big companies like Spotify, Apple, Google yeah. Play, right? Isn't that what it's called? Um, yep. It's, it's really amazing. Um, cool. Well, if somebody is going to outsource, like let's say like all that video editing, audio editing level stuff is kind of intimidating. Um, what do you recommend people do? Like if they're, if they're showing alarm bells about like, I'm not an editor, I don't do editing. I, like what yeah. should they do? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I kind of have like, if you definitely don't want to do it, there's like two, two good options. I think one is if you're, if you're kind of in this space, you're an entrepreneur and relatively tech savvy, you know, of places like Upwork um, and, and going there is a perfectly reasonable place to go find an audio editor. You should expect to pay something like $20 an hour, maybe. Uh, for a pretty good audio editor, um, and and you know, so, you know, set it up with them. And say, hey, I'm going to be doing an episode every week. I'd like to send you the files in Dropbox. You have my music and intro and outro. Just use that same one every time, and then send me the finished MP3 file back. If you want to do a little bit of the work to to manage the person and the schedule and find them and vet them and test them and all that kind of stuff, that's perfectly fine. Um, and then there are services out there that do all of this for you to where you go to a service. And, and actually this is kind of how I got started in the podcasting world is I also run a business called Podcast Motor, which is a productized service for podcast editing and production where you know companies like Buffer and Hotjar 
and Elementor come to us and say, hey, we want to do a podcast here. Please go just take our stuff and make it happen. And, and we do that. So for customers who are looking to not have to go to Upwork and find this person and vet them and all that kind of stuff, they can go to a, a service like Podcast Motor and just say, please go go do all this stuff. And we have you know packages per episode or per month, depending on kind of what you're looking for. That's awesome. And one more tech question. We've got the podcast hosting, which creates the RSS feed, which goes to places like Apple and, and Spotify. What about the actual posts on our website with show notes? Like what's, what's involved in making that happen? Yeah. So but there's a couple of ways to do it really. Like if you're, um, so, so you definitely need a hosting platform. And, and the biggest reason you need a hosting platform is kind of like you would use Wistia or YouTube for video hosting, you don't want to put those big, huge video files on your WordPress server, right? Like using yeah. WordPress as a content management system. And the same kind of thing is true for uh, for audio. Like the audio files are a lot smaller, but they're still huge <laughs> compared to like how much is is deployed when you pull up a web page. So you want a dedicated platform to host those audio files. If you're using a conventional uh, audio hosting platform like SoundCloud maybe or Simplecast, um, then you would you would publish your, your podcast content in those platforms and then go recreate that in WordPress as well. So using WordPress as your content management system. One of the things that makes Castos unique is we, it's actually how kind of the business got started, is we also own and manage a WordPress plugin called Seriously Simple Podcasting um, that lets you do all of this stuff from WordPress. So it connects right to the Castos hosting platform. And so you go into WordPress, create a new post, upload your file right from WordPress and the, the file gets sent to Castos and then you just create the new post like you would normally schedule it and publish it right from WordPress so that the files are hosted on a dedicated platform, but then you manage both your RSS feed and your content from your WordPress site, which for you and like us, that's where we manage all of our content anyhow. So it, for a lot of folks, it kind of makes sense. Awesome. Thanks for clarifying on that. And then what, I guess one more tech question and, and I don't know if you know you have a response to it or not, but I believe iTunes, there's some things going on with Apple and iTunes where things are changing a little bit um, in terms of, is that going to affect podcasting at all or what's going on? Are you aware of what I'm talking about? And it's okay uh, if you have a dog. We, I have dogs and kids. It could, <laughs> it could erupt at any moment. <laughs> yeah, we have a dog and the kids will be home any minute. So yeah, it's, it's pretty much guaranteed. Um, <laughs> yeah. Fearsome, fearsome uh, guard dog. Um, uh, so the the few things I know that have happened and are happening with podcasts these days, um, about three months ago, so the middle of 2019 here, Apple uh, rolled out new categories. Uh, okay. And so this is pretty disruptive for a lot of people because they had to go in and update that RSS feed to say like, okay, I used to be in the business and management and marketing category now, it's just gone. <laughs> so your podcast was still live, but nobody could go in and find it by category taxonomy. I might actually um, have to fix that myself. I didn't even realize that's what happened. So yeah. So, so what do I do? <laughs> so you go to wherever your RSS feed comes from. So if your media hosting platform, you know, creates it or if you're using a plugin like Serious Podcasting. I'm currently, currently using Blurberry, but or okay. however you say it. Yeah. So, so PowerPress is the plugin that Blueberry uses. Yeah. So if you run it through there, then go into your, wherever your, your feed is managed and update the, the categories there. And they should have a, you know, kind of tutorial for you on like, okay, these ones are gone. These are the new ones. Uh, and you can kind of update to the most, most applicable ones. Um, 
So that was a thing a while ago. And now the thing that, that we're hearing is like, and I don't know if either of these are <laughs> what you're referring to, is that Apple is taking out um, inactive podcasts. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. And, and they're taking a lot of them out. Um, you know, there's a lot of people like, start and crash and burn, right? They just don't totally. keep going. Yeah. 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 Like, like creating courses, right? Like people come in and say, Oh, I'm going to be a course creator. And they create like three modules and they maybe launch it and get a couple of customers and say, you know, this is too hard. I can't do all the marketing and upkeep and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I think, you know, one of the things we've seen is like in the last couple of years, Apple has gotten a lot more, um, active in the podcasting space, you know, like it's really where it started, but for the longest time, there was like, you just like sent your RSS feed into this black hole. Probably when you started your show, when I started my show, um, it was the same way. Like you just went into the iTunes application and submitted your feed and then just kept checking back every couple of days to see if it was there. But yeah. Um, and now like there's a dashboard and they have some analytics and all this kind of stuff. And I think the reason that this is happening is because of Spotify. Right. Yeah. Because like competition healthy. Yeah. For yeah. everybody. Um, and so I think that's why they're going in to clean up some of these old shows that are not active anymore. Cause like there's just a ton of junk. Makes them look bad. Yeah. 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 That's, um, that's cool. That's some good news. Was there something else? No, that was it. Did, did I, did I get the yeah, thing yeah. that you were talking about? Yeah. Yeah. That was good stuff. Um, I want to switch more to some strategy for course creators. So the show that you're listening to right now is called LMS Cast. And I see a podcast is really, well, let me back up and say, when I look at selling, whether you're selling courses, software, services, whatever, there's three types of selling. There's inbound or content marketing. There's outbound prospecting. And then there's uh, relationship selling. For podcasting, you really have two options. You can use it to build relationships in your industry where kind of like I think you do for rogue startups maybe, and and you can use it for content marketing for your audience. LMS cast is a little bit of a hybrid because mm-hmm. I'm building relationships with people in the industry, but I'm also creating valuable content for course creators and people who want to build a training-based membership site. Um, can you just speak to that at all, like in terms of podcasting for lead generation versus relationships and how you what you advise people and how to look at it and perhaps some mistakes people made and make and how they choose what to talk about or who to interview yeah i mean we could do hours to talk about this and i'd love to hear kind of how you think one aspect or the other is is more effective for your business i'd love to i'd love to hear that but yeah we typically kind of coach people um, and we do a lot more coaching on the podcast motor side of things because folks come to us and say, you know, help me do this really good. And, and on the Casto side, it, it's much more of just, you know, it's a software tool and people come and sign up and we have a lot of content around how to be successful there. But we have a lot of like one-on-one consultations at Podcast Motor. Um, the way I break it down is is kind of depending on how high touch your business is, kind of de- defines which of those avenues you should take. So think about like a consultant or like when we were starting podcast motor, it's a, you know, six or $700 a month engagement. We used the, um, the networking aspect of like the relationship building part of selling as why we had a podcast. And so I would get on a podcast with, you know, these consultants and leaders in the podcasting space and stuff like that. And so that like really, really helped us grow that business. Um, and that was great. And now like, 
of several years later, um, that that's been really successful. I think if you're, um, gracious, excuse me just a second. Good. Yeah, this is inevitable. Um, (laughs) if you are uh, like in a more low touch situation where, you know, you're selling, uh, you know, maybe like a low priced course, or if you don't want to have a high touch sales and engagement with your customers, then using podcasting as a a content medium to educate your audience is, is the way you want to go and use it as more of like a classical content marketing, uh, setup is, is how I would, is how I would kind of think about it. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. I don't have any like insight onto which is better. I just kind of do both (laughs) because they they both seem to work. So I, uh, I just kind of do both sides. Um, any other counterintuitive tips you have for podcasting as a business function? I think the one thing that, that we, we kind of touched on, but like to, to peel the onion a little bit is like, if you choose the, the former strategy that we talked about, where like you're starting a podcast as a networking opportunity, then the podcast is not about for your business. The podcast is not about your audience. It's about you and the people that you're getting to know directly. And, and you kind of make a podcast anyhow, but, but that's not like the, the reason that you're podcasting is not to provide value for your audience it's to get to know these industry leaders um primarily right like the 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 result of all that is that you have a podcast and that's great and hopefully you're creating good content for your audience like you're doing but like i think a lot of people's primary goal should be i want to start a podcast to build authority and and you know uh, connections in my space i'm going to select the people that i talk to and the things that we talk about with that in mind and then the podcast is like the result of all that um, but but not like the driving force. That's awesome. Could you speak to like how to kind of do your own podcast, but also do guest podcasts? I've, I've seen you pop up on so many podcasts. I'm like, <laughs> how do you mix like, hey, this is my show versus I'm just adding value in the industry to whoever wants to talk about talk about it or whatever? Because they're kind of different strategies. Like you don't even have to start a podcast. You can just, you can work at like seeing if you can get on other shows and add value to their community. And you do yeah. both. I do both. How yeah. did that happen for you? Why do you do that? Yeah. So, um, you know, so my podcast started as an interview podcast and went that way for, for a while. And we still have a fair amount of interviews. And so that's a cool way to, to kind of network and, and get to know other people and, and have interesting folks on to, to share their experiences and share their knowledge with our audience. And I think that's really valuable to kind of spice it up a little because the rest of the time it's me and my co-host Dave Rodenbaugh. And I would imagine like for our audience to hear Dave and I talk every week is just like, oh man, come on, like this, the same old stuff. Like it's really cool, I think, to follow someone's journey, but it's also cool to, to spice it up a little and have, have some variety. Um, but I think you're right on that like having, um, having guest podcasting as a strategy is really sound. And maybe is like, if you want to get into podcasting, but you don't want to commit to starting your own show, that to that to say, okay, I I know Chris and I can go on his podcast and I know Craig and I can go on his podcast. And if you can come up with a handful of others, then like doing that and being on a podcast once a month for six or seven months is a really strong like way to get your name and brand out there. And then maybe you start your own show on the back of that. Um, but but I think that, yeah, I mean, talk about, <clears throat> you know, we talked about like podcasting is like a really efficient content creation 
tool, but like for you, it's, you know, really great. And for me, for my own podcast, it's really great. But the best is what I'm doing being on your podcast because I just show <laughs> right. up and yeah. talk for an hour and then you go do your stuff. And the same would be true if you're on my show is we would go do a bunch of stuff and put it on YouTube and all this kind of stuff. Um, but it is the most efficient hour that most of us will ever spend um, to, to share, you know, our, our perspectives and knowledge and, and thoughts with your audience and then spread, spread the word about what we're doing. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, just just thinking about the time it would take to like do a guest post on somebody else's platform that's well thought out and whatever. It's like ten times the time or hundred times oh, yeah. the time yeah. to, to yeah. do something of similar length. <laughs> um, yep. Yep. And just well, to 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 kind of like put a point on that, like this is our main growth strategy at Castos these days is creating content and me being on other podcasts. Um, because for me, it's like the most efficient use of my time. And we're doing a lot of guest blogging and stuff like that, but, but we just find that this is like the thing that moves the needle the most. Yeah. A lot of entrepreneurs will, they get shiny object syndrome and like keep switching strategies <laughs> and trying new things. But once you discover this one, like doubling down and amplifying it is, I agree with you. It's a solid strategy. Yeah. Um, you do something on your website where you have, uh, you've done weekly office hours. And I'm a big fan of high touch and doing things that don't scale and, um, you know, actually talking to people. And I kind of drank the drift Kool-Aid, the, the chat company. And, you know, one of their key tenets of conversational marketing is optimized for conversations, not conversions or whatever. Or yep. That's not exactly how they say it. That's how I say it. Yeah. But, but uh, tell me about your office hours. Like, why do you do it? How's it going? Um, what happens when you make yourself accessible to your audience or inbound leads or just the uh, the human beings that are interested in what you got going on? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that um, we are still asking ourselves a little bit like who we're doing it for. And, and we should have <laughs> nailed that down <laughs> to start with. And that's what we tell everybody. It's like, first of all, decide who you're podcasting and what you're podcasting about. And, and it kind of started out being either um, as like a really top of funnel, like how to podcast content piece where we, we present. So the format is I present like 10 or 15 minutes, like a little micro topic on podcasting. And then the rest of the 45 minutes are, um, the next 45 minutes, like the rest of the hour is questions and answers from the people that come in. Um, and so, a little bit, it's like people who haven't started a podcast yet and just want to, and like we were talking about earlier, have no idea what to do, understandably, because there's a lot of noise out there. And and that tends to be, we're finding like most of the people that come and ask the questions are people that really want to get started, but but just can't for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. The, but the reason we started it um, is, so we use Help Scout as our like help desk software. And Help Scout does this as a like a trial onboarding tool. So they have weekly or every other week, something like office hours where it's a webinar. Anyone who's in the trial can register and come and they walk through like a really thorough demo of the tool. And then there's live Q&A afterwards. And so that's why we started doing it. Um, so it's like a customer success thing. Yeah. Yeah, but but I think what we're finding is that that's just not who's coming, and it certainly is not who's asking the question. So we're six editions into it at this point. We're doing them every week, um, and at this point, like I was heading, I was talking with Denise, our head of marketing, yesterday, 
<clears throat> it is pretty solidly like a, a really great top of funnel content piece for us to help everybody. And, and a lot of people that come on, on our office hours webinars are not our customers. I hope they'll be, but, but they may never be. And if we can help them be podcasters, that's awesome. And if we can help them be podcasters and some of them become our customers, that's cool too. Um, but, but kind of like you're talking about, like we're doing this as a super high touch scales a little bit because like you, you can have many, right? Yeah. I mean, we had 20 people on our webinar yesterday and that could be 200 at some point that would be a lot of questions probably, but that would be cool. Um, and then we might have to do them twice a week or something like that. Um, so yeah, that's, that's why we do it. And, and I think that, um, honestly, we're still kind of searching for exactly how and where it fits into the business. Um, but I, yeah, like you're saying, I really like it. I really like it. And I, I, I like I tell our team, like, we're going to figure out how to make this work and, and like make sense financially for us. Um, and for like our time and, and energy going into it. Um, but because it's like, it's the right thing to do and, and a cool thing for us to be able to do, you know, for our, the industry and our potential customers and stuff like that. It's like a good thing. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. We have uh, like a weekly office or um, I call it like a pre-sales office hours thing. And I just tested the idea once I sent an email to my prospect list and I was like, Hey, do you, does anybody have any questions? And I, I just did it like 20 minutes before our morning team meeting and like, and I just popped in a like open zoom link and like 40 people came in there and it was like chaos. And I was like, Oh wow, oh, wow. I guess there's some <laughs> demand here. And what I found is that, um, some people like to chat. Some people like to email. Some people like to talk on the phone, but, and some people really like to just kind of come into zoom, especially if there might be a screen sharing component and stuff like that. So I just kept doing it. That was like, a, two years ago and i just i just put it in the weekly rhythm i mean it's yeah yeah it's it's scalable because it's one to many and uh you know i'm constantly experimenting with it the other thing we did is we added a office hours mastermind i call it to our top product which is a weekly office hours mastermind with our best or whatever like people who are paying the most customers is really just a value add and um i've had people come to that for years they ask all kinds of stuff both cool. those sides give people give you incredible um, insight into your the person that you serve or the people that's interested in you that allows you to challenge your assumptions and just kind of that whole thing like whoever is closest to the customer wins like yeah is is a is a real thing and and if you can put two hours on your calendar every week to like have that competitive advantage and also just build that relationship. It's, it's a no brainer in my book. Yeah. Yeah. Do you use it, use it just for people that are already kind of engaged with like you and the brand and are considering buying, but, but haven't like started a trial or bought yet? Is that it? Um, pretty much. Well, on the front end, yeah, it can be really anybody. <laughs> it's okay. like, okay, we'll see what happens. And people come in either just cold off the street or they're, um, or they might be in our, we have a $1 trial, which is like a 30 day demo. They might be in that. They could, and they'll, they'll come with all kinds of different questions or they might be like using our free plugin and they j jump in and they yeah. have a bunch of technical questions. So anything goes. Cool. <laughs> cool. Um, I wanted to ask you 
about uh, a couple things. So one of the, another benefit of podcasting is that you get to get free consulting that you would normally have to pay a lot of money for. <laughs> so, and I, I wanted to add as much value as I possibly could for the course building community, but I have a few selfish questions myself, which may also still add value to, to everybody, to you that's listening out there. Um, so I ask people on, online, cause I've hosted with SoundCloud, for a long time and I'm using the Blueberry PowerPress thing and I've been wanting to switch for a long time and I ask on social media, hey, what's the best podcast host? And it's like, Cassos, 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 Cassos. You, you, there's a lot of fans of you on Twitter. Let's just say that. Awesome. Um, but I noticed like on your site, you mentioned like some migration, some switching or whatever. Like what, what do people get or how do you help them switch? Is it just like instructions or do you guys actually help with it? Because it's, it's scary for me, a podcaster, to, to see my baby that's like 300 hours of audio. Like, yeah. oh, what's going to happen? <laughs> am I going to lose some SEO juice or whatever? Like, how does, it, how does it work when somebody comes to cast us from something else? Yep. Yep. So there's, there's really like two, two or three things that you need to think about. Like if you want to, to migrate your podcast, um, the first is you need to set up a, a place for it to go, right? So if you're on SoundCloud right now, you need to find another hosting platform like Castos or there's others out there. Um, <clears throat> set up your RSS feed. Let's like the metadata, like the title of the show and your name and the description and the cover image and all that kind of stuff. And then you need to port over all of the episodes and all of the files, most importantly, right? Because you probably don't have all 300 of those audio files on your computer still, um, to the new place. So you're basically creating an exact duplicate of what's on, in your case, SoundCloud in the new hosting platform. Once you've done that and you're exactly sure that both like the feed, the meta information, and all of the episodes are exactly the same, then you redirect your RSS feed from the original place to the new place. So that means so, logging into like iTunes and Spotify? No. And okay. No. <laughs> so it means logging into SoundCloud. Okay. And there's a place in there that says redirect to a new RSS feed and you put in your Castos RSS feed there. Yeah. So what happens then is next time Apple or Spotify looks at your show in SoundCloud, SoundCloud has like a little 301 redirect and says, hey, this feed is no longer located here. Go look at you know chris's show.castos.com okay and so that way you don't have to log into apple podcast and stitcher and google play and everywhere else that your podcast is you just update it one one place and then it propagates everywhere else spotify is a slightly different animal you you probably have to log into where you have where you've submitted to spotify just because they do things a little different than everywhere else but generally that's the that's the idea is Recreate your whole feed and all the content somewhere else and then redirect from the old feed URL to the new one by putting that new feed URL into your old platform and each of them have a place for that. So if I have a, um, you're right, like I don't have all these episodes on my computer. I've been through like three MacBook Pros during this time, I think, <laughs> but I do have them all on Dropbox. Does that mean I have to upload all those MP3s again to Castos? No, we have tools that do it automatically. Yeah. Without going into my Dropbox, it just pulls it from the other one or how does that work? Yep. So we just pull it from your existing RSS feed. We basically just grab the RSS feed and pull the whole thing into our system. So oh. the episodes, the audio files, the feed itself uh, into our system and it's all 
automatic. It takes, you know, with 300 episodes, it takes a bit of time, but yeah. 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 Oh, that's and cool. we do it for free for, for everybody who, anybody wants to do it. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Well, that's a, uh, yeah, we, you know, one of the people that lifter LMSers is what I call switchers, which you deal with as well. Cause people switch tools. I mean, think about like project management tools, base campus on a Trello. Yeah. A lot of people out there, maybe you've tried them all and sometimes switching or like email marketing, convert kit, drip, active campaign, MailChimp. Like sometimes you got to switch, but it's painful. And uh, it's, uh, it's not always the easiest customer to deal with, but if it goes well, you have a, you have that person for a long time and it's a challenge for software companies, myself included. So I'm just mm-hmm. throwing mm-hmm. that out there. Um, did you have something you want to say? No. Yeah. I mean, I, it, it's a huge, it's a huge task if you're not with a, a platform that does this for you. So yeah. if you're looking at moving from, you know, somewhere like SoundCloud that doesn't really have all the bells and whistles that you want for a hosting platform to a more modern platform and you have a lot of content, I would definitely make sure that they'll, they'll transfer it all for you. Yeah, that's an excellent point. I, I'm really excited to hear that you guys do that. Um, selfish question number two. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, we were talking earlier about your strategy as a podcaster and content marketer. And we were kind of talking about how entrepreneurs sometimes like go from shiny on a shiny object to shiny object, but sometimes it's better just to amplify and double down on what's already working. And what already works for us at Lift LMS is content marketing, YouTube and podcasting. I am considering launching a new podcast. I'm going to keep the old podcast going, which is, I'm not, that's not going away, but a very, like a more targeted niche podcast within that, that really focuses on a specific topic within our niche. Mm-hmm. If you're going to have multiple podcasts, how do you recommend kind of staying organized and dealing with that? I have no problem making content and making tons of content. It's not that. It's more just like the architecture of having multiple shows. Yeah. So you mentioned Drift earlier and they did this like earlier this year. And um, they call that a podcast network. I mean, I guess. Yeah. Because they have yeah. like the marketing show, the product manager show, the whatever. I don't know. Seeking wisdom. I, yeah. I love all those. So. And, and, you know, maybe it's me and like something happened on my phone, but <laughs> I don't get seeking wisdom anymore. Maybe I deleted it. It's possible. But, but. I yeah. use that as an example of like, <clears throat> you have be this careful? one show. Are you saying be careful? Uh, yeah, a little bit, right? <laughs> it's, it's, like, uh, it's like a lot of things with content, like communicating with your audience and giving them an expectation of, of what's to come is super important, right? Because if, um, and the same thing happened with like the Tropical MBA guys, you follow the Tropical MBA? Like they had- Yeah, I'm like probably one of their original listeners and they've actually never met me, heard of me, I've, whatever. Yeah. It's uh. <laughs> I've been, it's so funny because I have a couple shows. Sorry for the brief rabbit hole. I'm like, if the, I just think in my head sometimes, if this person knew I've been listening to them for like eight years, <laughs> it's just like, but they have no idea who I am. I just think that's like funny. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, what happened is they, they rebranded from Tropical MBA or no, from Lifestyle Business Podcast to Tropical MBA, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. And and I think they did a good job because they basically had like a final episode for the Lifestyle Business Podcast and said, hey, look, instead of having these two going at the same time and it really being confusing, like why would you listen to this one and not that one, everything is going to be over on the Tropical MBA show now. 
Yeah. So they put that out as a podcast episode and I'm sure they emailed their list and all that kind of stuff. And so that's cool. And I think the kind of the opposite of that happened with Drift where they had the um, Seeking Wisdom show and within the Seeking Wisdom show in that single RSS feed, they had the product thing and the marketing thing and the yeah. leadership kind of um, series, you might call them like a group of episodes, but still within that one feed. And now they've broken them out all into their own shows, into their own feeds. And the difficulty of that, I think, is um, someone like me, again, and maybe like I deleted the podcast from my phone or something, like I am subscribed to the Seeking Wisdom podcast, not all these other new ones, yeah. right? So like you you actively have to like convert all of your listeners to this show to, to the new one or, or as many of them as you want. Um, and so I'd say like, from a tactical perspective, that that's like the thing to consider is you, you probably want it to be its own feed. So its own separate podcast. Um, and then you, you definitely want to kind of promote it from this show to the, to that new show and say, Hey, go search in iTunes or Apple podcast or Spotify for whatever you're going to call the new podcast. Um, and then people have to go out and, and do that. I mean, you'll have a link in the show notes and all that kind of stuff, but, um, so, so that's kind of probably how I would do it. Um, yeah. And the other option is kind of like Drift did at the beginning is to have like um, a notation in the title of the episode, like marketing, whatever, title. Oh, um, yeah. So everything is in the same feed. So someone like me who's subscribed to the Seeking Wisdom podcast gets all of the episodes. But, but then you run the risk of like someone who's not interested in a lot of that content, you're giving them a bunch of stuff that, that they don't really want. So gotcha. those are the two approaches I would take. Proceed with caution. I appreciate that. That's some, yeah. well, that's some <laughs> well-worn advice. Well, Craig Hewitt, he's from castos.com, uh, podcast hosting. Do you, and you mentioned you had a, uh, a special offer for the, the audience listening to LMS Cast here. What can they get over at castos.com? Yeah, for sure. So uh, if folks who are looking to start a podcast, yeah, definitely please go check us out. Um, both, you know, get start a trial, knock around the, the software and, and, you know, kind of get started there. And we have a, a ton of content on our blog. So if you're kind of looking how to get started, just castos.com slash blog. Um, and, and when you start your trial um, and, and are looking to, to upgrade to one of our paid plans, you can use the coupon code LIFTERLMS50, the number five zero. Uh, to get 50% off the first three months of your subscription for any of our monthly plans. Um, so, you know, get in there, give it a try. Uh, we have two weeks to, to kind of get yourself settled and get some st stuff published. And then when it's time to, to upgrade to a paid plan, you can use that coupon code um, for a pretty sweet discount, I think. Awesome, Craig. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun to geek out about podcasting. And I hope you listening out there if you haven't, consider starting a podcast. It's a good strategy for content marketing. I know you're busy as a course creator and you're already good at making content because you make video lessons or audio lessons and worksheets and all that stuff. So you actually have an advantage because a lot of people struggle with even just creating content, but you don't have that problem. So podcasting is a natural fit for you. Craig, thanks so much for coming on the show. Awesome. Thanks, Chris. And that's a wrap for this episode of LMS Cast. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I hope you enjoyed the show. This show was brought to you by Lifter LMS, the number one tool for creating, selling, and protecting engaging online courses to help you get more revenue, freedom, and impact in your life. 
head on over to lifterlms.com and get the best gear for your course creator journey. Let's build the most engaging results getting courses on the internet.